Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. Keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself. Do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. And we have you today. Someone that's been inspiring my evolution for quite some time now, Stephanie Smiller. Steph, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Oh, dude, I am like, I am just, I, I got all the feels right now having you here today. I'm like, I haven't been this nervous for a podcast in a while. <laughs> I don't know why that oh, is. Come on. I'm always comfortable around you. Um, but uh, then there's, yeah, then there's just the excitement, the unbridled excitement of just, yeah, just the the power of where this conversation may go today. I know we have some of the best chats that I've ever had um, with you and, you know, they definitely leave an impact and they've changed my life for the better. So I'm excited for today. Thank you so much for doing this with us. Ah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. It's been amazing watching the Inspired Evolution grow from a little sparkle of an idea in your mind <laughs> to what it is today. So, yay. yeah, it's glad um, to be here finally. Gosh, yeah, you've definitely, yeah, you've definitely. I, I would say I can't say you've been along for the ride. I would say you've definitely held me in places along the ride as well. So, <laughs> so thank you. Guys, for those tuning into Steph for the first time, let me just quickly do the honors. She is a life enthusiast. Uh, probably tells you why we get along so well. <laughs> she is a light bulb, light bulb moments junkie. That moment where you go, ding, uh-huh, I get it. Like those little epiphany moments. 
And uh, Steph and I share a love for that in Mandala moments. And uh, she's a potential seeker. She's the question asker and the founder of Unfold Consulting and the Unfold Your Potential movement. Steph, why is potential something that matters so much to you? Oh, I think uh, potential is is the gold because everyone has potential. Mm. And and potential is malleable, right? We can we can we can work with everyone can work with what they've got. And I think that um that people don't realize their potential often and I think um, not only is potential something that you're born with, it's something that you can always work on and and grow and continue to work with. And I guess potential for me feels like it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter, you know, what country you were born in or what social demographic you were born into or or anything. You know, potential is what it was what everyone has. So mm. you can always work with that. You can always work with it. Do you, it's interesting. There's so many questions that I want to go into from that place. And I, and I know your journey as well, and maybe it's worth sort of paraphrasing bits of it for the audience. Cause I know you were, you know, you went from, uh, I don't want to say from mum, you're still a mum, <laughs> but you know, if we're going from mum to going back into the corporate world and starting the corporate ladder again, the second time around at the bottom. And then, you know, like achieving so much in terms of like massive salary jumps, because you were so clear on what, you know, you wanted to achieve and, you know, really bringing your potential to the fore. And now you're running two businesses, 10 revenues, like there's a lot going on in your world. Um, and I think it's amazing because I'm really inspired by when people are sharing themselves openly and authentically to help others but they're also i'm just going to say it you know walking the walk and not just talking the talk about it um which is something that i really respect and love about you the the piece around potential i find and there's two questions i want to ask so i've got a good bit of an opportunity here i'm going to run with the one that's closer to my heart do you think there's a spiritual aspect to that potential like do you think yeah what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on um because if everybody is innately has potential, is there a spiritual aspect to that that you look at or is it just more um, like a 3D thing that every human has? I think, yeah, I definitely think there is. Um, it's a really interesting way to put it because I don't think I've thought of it like that before, despite how much I, time I spend thinking about <laughs> potential. And so, yeah, you, Amrit. <laughs> um, I think there is a spiritual element to it because I think um, I think quite often people are fearful of their own potential and I think that really connecting with your own potential, but then the other side is true as well. People know they have more potential or they, they understand that they could be doing more, mm. but they don't take those actions or they're, they're not sure what step to take in order to, you know, there's a lot of people I think that feel like they they have unmet potential and there's the other camp is that they just don't, don't understand the potential that they have. So it's, I think it's, it's about connection to self. And I think once you're really connected to yourself, which is always a spiritual practice, I think, mm. then really un un unleash your potential. Yeah. unfold it later <laughs> <laughs> i love that and yeah it's um yeah it's i was gonna ask what do you think are the biggest roadblocks towards uh, like people generally and like you work with people um like pretty amazing people on this as well so but i'm hearing there it's the connection to self is 
is is the big one um is is the big roadblock so. in that space yeah i think that you know connecting to ourselves more um fully mm. and more honest is is really um can be look it's uncomfortable sometimes right and so sometimes. it's hard work to do <laughs> A lot of the time. Yeah, I don't want to scare them all off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's always uncomfortable. Okay. No, it's it not is. always. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. It's really... not always. It's not. Always. But you know, you've Please. got to. You do that the talking. Of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that whole cliche of, of you've got to get uncomfortable to get comfortable, right? And mm. I, and how as cliche as that is, it's absolutely true as well. So I think. Uh, and I think the other the other thing that's really really important is that connection to self almost like either it sounds really woo woo and really hippie and people mm. are like oh I don't need to connect to myself um, or um, and, and we're never taught to do this nobody ever yeah. says hey do you think you should connect with yourself a little bit more who who says that unfortunately yeah. not enough people we're not taught it again we're not taught it in school like everything important in the world we're not taught it at school we're yeah. often not seeing that in our parents because they were a different generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so where do we find it's a completely foreign concept to a lot of people. So I think even understanding that you're not connected to yourself is the first step. Mm-hmm. And then realizing that you want to be <laughs> and yeah. that that's the goal that will take you forward to what you, because there are people that are so successful out there, mm-hmm. successful, depending on what your definition is you know by society standards and they're absolutely miserable and they're feeling unfulfilled and they're they're not um they're achieving all the things but it doesn't feel like they're achieving things and I work with those people all the time and I see it time and time again so it's about redefining success Mm -hmm. really getting clear on what it is you achieve um and I think that you only do those two things when you really connect to yourself and you, you find out what actually lights you up and is that just earning more money or being the CEO or having this position of title of power or, or is it something different? And those are those are big questions for people to ask themselves and it takes a bit of bravery and a bit of um, guts. Yeah, there's that, um, there's that Jim Carrey quote, right, which um, I'm not sure if people have tuned into it, but um, he goes, I wish everybody became famous so they knew, so they knew it wasn't it. You know, it's, you know, yes. It's, <laughs> yes. And it's, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's, but it's, I, I find it's a bit loaded though, because when you think about it, like some part of you still wants to go on the journey to sort of go, but is it really like I want to find out for myself? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, there's, um, yeah, and I think, sorry, please. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No, I was going to say, and I think that that's, um, I think that that's why I really, I work with a lot of people who have already been there and done it and then been like, this is not my thing, right? This is yeah. not what I was hoping or what's missing, right? So what I would love to be able to do is to get people asking themselves those questions earlier on in the stage, right? I think I was really fortunate to, I think I've, I've just got a very curious mind naturally. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a God-given gift or, you know, universe source energy part of me that's just innate. Touch wood. Um, and Super so grateful I, for it. <laughs> So grateful, so grateful. It certainly got me into trouble as a young one in school. They didn't like my questions. But um, but um, I think if we all had that, had that ability to start asking ourselves questions earlier, we could get onto the right path earlier and that would be mm. such a beautiful thing. And the other part to that, which is a completely different tangent, but I'll just mention briefly, mm. is that if we started asking questions earlier, then we could um, get onto those paths early, but we could recognize the path that we actually want to be on and move towards it rather than spending decades sometimes on a particular path just to realize that it's not really where we want to be. And that's really sad. I, f- I think that's really sad. Yeah, I definitely feel that pain having been um, in a similar space in, you know, misaligned careers and just the... Um, yeah, it's just the, the emotional wounding. <laughs> There's really no other way to put it that comes from consistently hitting yourself with that anvil of, yeah, like not showing up for something that's deeply in your alignment. Um, yeah, the pain is real. Also, but also it's tough because a lot, like if, you're, if you've got a great job, you've done well in your career, you're in a good position, it's, it's very hard to kind of go, hmm, this is not really working for me. Yeah. And they, so there's, you know? a, there's that famous quote, which was like, um, there's the two most addictive things in life, like, uh, like heroin and a recurring paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> and, I've never heard that, but that is absolutely true. I mean, you know, not that I've ever experienced one of those two things. But I, <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Of me. I'm taking the liberty of our yeah, <laughs> But um the key thing in there, and it was it was really beautiful as you were describing um the power of questions and being able to ask them earlier. And I know from experience, having spent time like because we're really good friends, Steph Long like, like total sister to me. And so in there, you've often taken time just going, sometimes I just ask a different question, Amrit, and you help me frame a question, which will then sort of go, oh yeah, that's expanded my thinking. Like I can see that I'm outside of the box I was previously in. And, you know, it puts me in a, in a different vantage and potentially I'm moving into a bigger box or maybe I'm moving into a bigger sphere, but it, it helps me unpin myself from where I currently am into a whole nother space. Now it's interesting because I've like feeling into your journey and how far you've been, you know, going through motherhood, going through the corporate ladder and succeeding really well there. And then setting up one business, setting up a second business now, you know, scaling them. 
Yeah, I was almost like, and pardon the poetry, or don't pardon the poetry, but I could almost see like unfold consulting, like, you know, like sort of, you know, every time you ask a question, you open up a petal almost of the flower that's helping you unfold. Is that, um, tell us a little bit about what unfold means to you. Am I tuning into it or is it, yeah, what's, what's, what is. Absolutely. No, you are. Yeah, you are. Because I think, I think time we learn something new about ourselves we do unfold another layer or another Mm. part you know like the the logo for the company is like an origami bird Mm. right because it's folding and the unfolding and and the beauty of that is that you know origami is you start with a a blank piece of paper right Mm -hmm. square or rectangle piece of paper and you can fold that into a million different things which to me really symbolize this what we become through our lives, through all the folds that happen where we try to fit in or we're told to do things a certain way or we understand what society or our parents or our loved ones want from us. Mm. And then the beautiful thing about that is that there's always space to unfold. If it can be folded, it can be unfolded. Mm. And so unfolding all of, of you, the blank, the blank piece of paper is still there right? Because that's what you started. Which is our potential, right? Okay, I'm getting it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And And I think perspective is something else that I'm so interested in, because what you were saying before about the, you know, you ask frame a question a different way, and then you you step outside of it, and you look at it slightly differently, that's shifting your perspective. Mm. And I think that that is incredibly powerful, being able to just shift your perspective a little bit with slightly new information or something changed in the framework of the question Mm. there's so much power in that too steph a big part of when i tune into because i know you work intimately empowerment is a massive piece in there right so like empowering your mindset empowering your perspective empowering your walk in the world so that you can like really just unfold your potential at at this juncture (laughs) the the creases in the pieces of paper yeah how much of how many of these folds do we put in there ourselves how many are society based how many are culturally based how many are family based maybe we don't have stats maybe you do have stats i don't know and then yeah navigating that without being like holy like i was creased by somebody else you know like the, the 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 disempowerment of the victim in there, but then also the empowerment of like being able to unfold. Like, can you talk to us about the rub between that? Because it's I always find it like a little a slippery one. It's like I got to acknowledge my stuff, but then it's it's, it's not my yeah. stuff, and it's like yeah. Any, yeah. So I'll, I'll answer. The, I'll definitely answer the question. But the first thing that I'll say is that it doesn't matter how many times or how the paper is creased because if you had a piece of paper that had never been folded and you had a piece of paper that had been folded many times and unfolded, which one is more interesting? Which one is more captivating? Which one is more Mm. absolutely beautiful? Which one do you want to stare at more? That's the first thing I absolutely have to say about that. Mm. But secondly, your point of that 
how much do I acknowledge and how much do I sit with and how much do I move forward? I think it always comes back to how much it serves you. Mm. So when, and, and, and difficult emotions um, like grief, like sadness are, you know, should absolutely be acknowledged. Yeah. But how long we stay with them depends on how much it serves us. Mm-hmm. So if it serves you to stay with that for a certain period of time, of course, stay with it. Mm-hmm. But, but then at some point we have to come back to what we have control over yeah. and what we don't. Right. And this and- is... Oh, sorry, please continue. Sorry. No, no, go on. I was saying that I can see this coming back full circle to that connection to self. I can, to be able to even identify what serves us, like the connection to self being so instrumental to sort of go, oh, yeah, I can, because it's such a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great space, right? What serves me may not serve you. What serves you may not serve me. And it's, it's unique to the individual. And I can't tell you how long to sit with something like grief. I can't Mm. tell you how you should feel if something horrible has happened to you or how long you should sit with that. Or, you know, I have friends that have have had horrible traumas in their lives and I sometimes see them making the same mistakes again and again and I want to grab them and shake them and say, stop it, this is what you're doing, don't you see that? It's not my place to do that and I can't do that because I am not operating from the same place in my brain as they are because I don't have their trauma so I can't possibly mm. expect to understand it. That doesn't mean that it's okay for anyone, I don't think, to sit in trauma forever. We all have trauma of some kind or another. Mm-hmm. If the most loved children in the world will have something also, right? So, again, it comes back to what we have control over. Do we have control over trying to make life perfect? Do we have control over the things that happened in the past? Mm-hmm. If it's done, it's done, right? But we have control over how we choose to live our life every day, how much time we choose to spend with those thoughts and how much airplay. Like your brain, you're in control of your brain. Believe mm. it or not, that's a really, people tell me a controversial thing to say, but you are. It doesn't mm. mean that you get it right every day. And it doesn't mean that we, we're perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that's an absolute illusion. Mm. But with practice, we can keep choosing the thoughts that serve us and the ones that don't and get into better habits. That's another subject to talk about for hours. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's go there, right? Because, well, not for hours, but uh, <laughs> well, I could. Actually, we do talk about this for hours. So. We'll try and encapsulate it for the audience. Um, so... In that, like, because I was going to say, like, the crux of the question is if every person is unique and individual and, you know, like me going through my traumas is going to take my amount of time, you going through your stuff is going to take your amount of time, me experiencing my joys even is going to take my amount of time and you going through, like, your highs is going to take your amount of time. Why would I come to get coached on that like how do you like how does how does having someone hold space for me help mm, i think because we can our perspective will always be jaded because of our experiences and because mm. of what's comfortable yeah 
And so having someone external to that look at things and give a slightly different perspective or ask questions, as you said at the very beginning, in a slightly different way or framing them in a different way Mm. brings you out of your own space or or sheds light on something that you hadn't seen. You can't see, uh, so often we can't see exactly what's in front of us because it's so in front of us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So having someone hold space for that is fundamental. But for me, I think I always say to people that I work with, and I, and I know that you have a very similar philosophy, I, I, you know, it's that they have the answers. I can't tell them what to do because I'm not living their life. Mm-hmm. right I can ask them questions that make them think about things a different way and I can ask them questions that um that shed light on things and I can get them to start thinking about things differently mm. but it's still their thought it's still their actions it's still their choices you know nobody is ever um beholden to anyone else mm. on that. yeah I find that um yeah I yeah, like you said, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I often find myself saying to like most of my clients as well, which is like, I'm no better than you in any shape, way, form or other. You know, mm. it's just I'm just not in the soup that you're you've been brewing yeah. <laughs> yeah. for the last, you know, how many the, days, hours, years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the other thing is we're not um we're not in the soup, but we're we're looking at things we're not only looking at things from a different perspective, but we bring our life experience to the fold, mm-hmm. right? To, mm-hmm. to into, so, I mean, and I might see things slightly differently because of my lived experiences and because of, I'm very much the observer. So I, I love to, to look at things, go, huh, what about this? And huh, mm-hmm. what about that? Right. So there's experience there that you're lending from when you're having those conversations as well. So I think that's important to, it's not that anyone's any better, but it's that there's a whole different font of knowledge coming and going, but have you thought about it like this? Mm. And therein lies the onus for people like yourself and myself to do the own self-awareness work, to look at our own folds, to understand like where did they get creased into, how do I unfold them, right, so that we can continue to, yeah, not have the answers, but at least watch ourselves unfold a little bit to then be able to support others in their unfolding. Um, and it's, yeah, yeah. It's ongoing. I don't think the work ever stops. And I think also the important thing that that people often don't think about, I think, is that um, as much work as we do, we are habitual creatures, right? Mm. So however much you think you've you've worked on something and you've got it and you're like, right, I don't do that anymore. I know that. I'm better than that. I'm better than that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you can use that as a as a as a a benchmark for when you're not doing your self-care or when you are overtired or when you are doing too much because we fall back into those patterns and mm. we catch ourselves you know, doing, you know, in thought patterns or behaviours that we used to do a decade ago. And we go, oh, am I doing that again? Really? Mm. Wow. I thought that I had done enough of that. And that's not a failing. That's an absolute win because you've seen it Mm. and you've seen it sooner and you go, great. Now let's choose not to do that because we know that doesn't serve us very well, does it? We've already decided that. So obviously I must not be eating well enough, resting enough, doing enough meditation, getting enough me time, spending enough time with the people I love. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a 
flag almost, you know? It doesn't mean that once you work on something, it's done. It's always happening. We get better at things as we move, but I think that it's a continuous learning. Yeah, and I love um, what's precipitating for me is also, I don't want to say coaching's a hack, but I find in that space when we're trying to develop that connection to self, it's really helpful. I have found, even myself, having had coaches, um, being coached by yourself, being coached by others, you know, it's it's an amazing, um, ha- well, yeah, hack because you're leveraging human connection for a sense of accountability to even like what feels like an intention towards yourself, you know, um, which is like, you know, I have this intention around untapping my unlimited potential. Yeah. Mm. And then you sign up and you make a commitment for something like that. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm showing up on a weekly basis or a fortnightly basis or a monthly basis. And that attention into there's attention on the intention continues to ripple. Right. Um, Which is pretty remarkable when you start thinking about just how like the one degree sort of shifts land you in a plane in like very different cities (laughs) given the length of time. Right. I love that analogy. Yeah. Steph, one of the things that I have to ask you, and it's it's personal, but I'm just gonna go there because yeah, it's us, it's on a we're on a podcast. I know very few people that care as much as you do. There's like a deep sense of like empathy, care, and it's not just for individuals, knowing, you know, um the the well. I was going to say uh, the direction, but it's more of a trajectory. <laughs> what I'd say of your businesses, but <laughs> knowing the trajectory of your businesses and you know they're geared around the environment, they're also geared around, yeah, like that. You're caring about things on a massive scale. Um, it's something that I personally find very inspiring. Um, what inspires you to care so much? Wow. Um, I think, I don't know that I've I've ever actively thought about how much I care. I I guess it must be something that just comes naturally. Mm. I think I am, I am genuinely a supporter like a supporter and a cheerleader and I Mm. want to see everyone do well. And I think that comes from not being, um, not being competitive at all. I really don't like competitiveness. And I know that may sound (laughs) off, but I don't think we ever need to compete with each other. I think we all need to compete to be the best that we can be and to do, to have the most impact in the world. And I think that some people don't understand the beauty and the joy that they give to the world Mm. and and the impact that they can have. And I think that if I can help them to do that because I have a different set of, of life experiences or skills, then it's kind of my place to do that, you know, not just in the work that I do, but in, you know, helping people that are, you know, like the, the veggie box business have we try to employ people that are, you know, have been out of work for a long time or are, um, you know, retired or people that, that need work, right? So anyway, I'm going off on a No, you're not. But, but the um, thing is, sorry, I'm going to stop you there because what I'm hearing 
Sorry, <laughs> I would never do that. But no, you go. <laughs> the, the thing is, even as you're describing, it's like, yep, yeah, it's an innate sense of care. What you're describing is caring almost like, well, not even almost, as a moral obligation. Like it's so yeah, yeah. deeply woven into who you are, Steph. It's an absolute, like, and I've been on the receiving end of it, yeah. So I personally know um, just how, well, yeah, special it is to have someone ask questions from a deeply caring place um, because it, it, it also takes <laughs> an insane amount of presence and listening to really listen to somebody and then spark the question that can help them shift and for me your propensity to be able to do that i've always been yeah like i said inspired by the level of care that you've always just sort of brought to a situation just going yep i'm like tell me (laughs) you know and i just feel like it's it's not something i find everywhere in everybody and even describing even the way you described it just then it was like yeah, but it's a moral obligation. It literally came across as a moral obligation to care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was having a, a conversation with a good friend of ours, Sally, a few weeks ago, and I had been um, working, I had been talking to a person, but I had they were a person that I didn't know, and mm-hmm. I was very impatient with them, very impatient. <laughs> and I said to Sally, I said, and gosh, I said, you know, I love my friends and I spend so much time with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, maybe I'm, you know, when I get outside of my circle, I'm just not that empathetic at mm. all and I have no patience whatsoever. Mm. And uh, she said, that's the most empathetic thing I've ever heard. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she said, you're one of the most empathetic people I've ever met. And I thought, oh, cool. Okay, I think it does just kind of, it's just part of who I am. I don't try mm-hmm. even to care for people. I just... The people that I love, I genuinely love and give everything to. So, and it obviously includes you. <laughs> Can I pull at that thread a little bit and just, you know, go into that sort of conversational space that both you and I love? <sighs> Isn't it interesting how much of our own gifts, like our, our real strength, we're completely blind to? Yes. Like, what, what, like of all the grand designing of all of this, maybe it's like an echo back to humility, but what, like why would that be the way? <laughs> I just, it just blows me away that that's the way, you know? I remember hearing, uh, I was at a seminar somewhere, gosh, many years ago, and someone said, you know, our most innate gifts we, we have absolutely no understanding of because they're just every day to us they're just our normal they're just our default Mm. and so and that's I I absolutely think that that's true and I think that potentially that's why we need community because I think we do Mm. each have these innate gifts that we are just we our whole being leans towards without us even knowing because it's just our, our our default in a way so and I think that maybe if we were aware of it we wouldn't do it so naturally Mm, mm. and the sense of community that you're referring to has been one of an an amazing tool even for myself because and I'm going to go there because I know so much of you know the dialogues that I hear from you are based around the balance between comfort and growth comfort and growth Mm. 
And, you know, going back to the, the fold and the origami metaphor, it's like, it's almost like we cling to our folds because we know the shape of that fold so intimately that it's like, that's, that's my triangle, man. <laughs> that's, that's my jam. Yeah. Like, this is, you yeah. know, I may be bent out of shape, but this my shape. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, and look, and if you're happy there, that's fine. But mm-hmm. the thing is that often people aren't. So it's when you're not, yeah. that's when it needs to be changed. Carry mm-hmm. on. I didn't mean to interrupt. And then, no, that's perfect. And then I find in there, like, sometimes other people can, like, you know, you may be unhappy, but you may not see like what other shapes are possible. And it's almost like having other people go, but you're not a triangle dude. Like, yeah, I can see it. She can see it. He can see it. You're kind of coming home to this fact right now. Um, yeah. And having that mirror um, is so, yeah, is so, so powerful. So powerful. Another little random trippy question then. Long term, people like yourself and myself, if we lived in a dream world, would there even be a container such as coaching? Or would we just have really dope community everywhere for everybody that we could just reflect all this stuff back? We wouldn't need to be well, like, okay. Yeah. Go on. I remember someone someone said to me once, What's what's the big aim, right? What's the big mm. aim of of this business of unfold consulting? And I said, like what's the the ridiculous thing? Like yeah, if the you moon shot, the, the moon shot. Yeah, yeah, right. It would be to to live in a world where everybody took full responsibility for themselves. Mm. Imagine if we lived in that world where everybody took full responsibility for themselves, because that's magical and that's beautiful and that's not blaming other people and that's not being interdependent and that's not worrying about other people's thoughts and that's fully owning who you are and what you want to do and and obviously and moving towards that and obviously we don't you know squash other people on the way but but being fully yourself i don't know how many people who are fully themselves steph the other day you shared a quote with me and I'd love to hear you share it here again. Mm. It's uh, I'll have to paraphrase it because it, it I want the paraphrased version because I looked up the original version and it meant a lot to me, but the paraphrased version that you shared, maybe because of how close we are, it just, it meant that much more to me, please. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a Victor Frankl quote. And um, he said, and again, something along the lines of between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power. I know the quote that, but that is the essence of the quote. And that's the part that always stays with me. And I think that there's so much power in that. There's so much power in that. And that, again, it doesn't mean that we get it right every time and it doesn't mean that every time something triggers us or we get angry that we don't react immediately, but it means that more often we can stop and go, hold on, how am I responding in mm. this scenario? And and what's what response serves me mm. in this scenario? Yeah, because we were nerding out on this and, you, you mentioned responsibility and I, it's those little nuggets <laughs> that help me so much mm. like from yourself as well. Like just realizing that 
oh, that space is my power, yeah, like between yeah. stimulus and response. And responsibility, you know, it comes with, oh, my God, just this cluckiness of baggage when it's a responsibility. (laughs) I can feel like all the archaic baggage that it comes with. And then we were reveling on the the dialogue between just how it could be, you know, the way Sadhguru puts it. It's like it's response, ability. It's your ability to respond. Yeah, and then I can really, and when you shared, you know, just between stimulus and response is your power. It's like therein lies the golden jewel of practically, you know, empowering ourselves because I hear what you're saying. Everybody would take responsibility for themselves and some people would be triggered by that. And it's like, no, but really the call is to everybody would be empowered to have the ability to respond to life the way that they want to. And therein is your power. And it gave me such like a practical um, metaphor. It's like, yep, every time I sit down, even just something as simple as meditation, when I take the Mm. pause for the moment to sort of go, yep, and I'm not going to take my brain on that space and just come back to my breath, you know, stimulus response. I'm actually cultivating a sense of self-empowerment in every rep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Without doubt, without doubt, and I'm and and you know when we used to, I used to teach meditation a lot, and I would mm. say to people, is it no problem when your brain wanders away because you're making it stronger and you're catching your behavior and adjusting it, and that is what we do with you know as we were saying before, no one's perfect, we don't get it right every time, right? But as much as we learn about ourselves, sometimes we slip back into those behaviors. But it's exactly the same process as meditation. We mm. recognize it's And we alter that path again sooner because of the practice and the repetitions that we're getting in meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, And it bleeds over into everyday life as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love our conversations. (laughs) One of the things that I, um, I have to talk to you about today is communication so you know even just you know i'm sort of going on a bit of taking taking a bit of a segue from that you know when we you know there's stimulus and there's response and then you know even just the way like we beat ourselves up it's like oh like my mind diverted and it's like you know that self-talk you know that like oh like i'm yeah i messed up and it's like no 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 no, that was the good bit (laughs) you know like doing good yeah and like for those that know you like even from afar or as close and intimately as I do, dude, like communication is something that like I have never met a stronger champion for, like just, you know, really strong, clear, robust communication. Like you're a massive advocate for it. For me, it goes even deeper witnessing that again, you know, and I think with the depths of this, this conversation, we can sort of allude to it now quite comfortably that it's not like our communication with others is definitely a reflection on our communication with ourself. Um, and you talk a lot about radical self-honesty. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit more, more about why radical self-honesty is so important to you and what communication to self means to you. And then potentially we can talk about communication as a whole more, but yeah, your self-communication mm. and radical self-honesty stuff, like, yeah, why does that mean so much to you? Yeah, there's there's two Asking the easy questions. <laughs> Sorry, don't hold back because I wouldn't. 
<laughs> well, it's you. <laughs> I've got to make the most of my opportunity here. <laughs> there's two things that I'll mention and then I'll go into them just so that I don't forget them because there's so many places we could go with this. Yeah. Yeah. One is being your own best friend and working on that. And the second is a really good friend of mine. I remember I was many years ago, I was having a bit of a struggle with something that I had done and I didn't yeah. like the way that I had behaved in a scenario. And a really good friend of mine who um, is very true, very dear to my heart, yeah. um, Marion said to me, nobody likes to be lied to. And it's even worse when you realize you are lying to yourself. And I remember going, wow and it it shook me to my core and she was absolutely right and and I had to sit with that and work out why that had happened um, and why I had allowed that to happen and then move through making sure that not even making sure but choosing to not allow that to happen again right and the way that we do that is by being our own best friends. I had an amazing opportunity a few years ago when um, I had a, a, you know, quite a difficult time, a relationship breakdown and a good friend of mine, we separated and, you know, there was um, my default position in times of struggle is to go inward and to move away from everybody. That's my default. It's not often that I'll, that I'll reach out, I'll reach in. Mm. And, um, and so, in a, you know, and I went a little bit back to my, my angry teenage days and I was in my mind going, well, you know, all of you can, you know, get stuffed. I will look after myself and I don't need anyone and you can all just <laughs> yeah. go away. I've got Middle this. finger. <laughs> yeah, got it. <laughs> <laughs> but so in that, yeah. in that part of me, part of me said, well, okay, if, you, if you've got this, then how do we have this? I need better friends. And if I need better friends, I will have to be my own best friend because I want to be my best friend. And if I can't be genuinely, if I can't treat myself like I would someone that I loved and my best friend, then there's a problem there, right? So I started reframing everything I was thinking. At that point in time, I had horrific self-talk, very negative, incredibly negative. You wouldn't believe like the things that would go on inside my head. And um, and so I said, okay, well, I'm only allowed to talk to myself. If I wouldn't say it out loud to my best friend, I'm not allowed to say it inside my head. Mm. And I was... I was relentless in my catching myself with every single thing that I said yeah. and it was exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> I can it was imagine. Incredible. It was incredible. I didn't even, I knew I had negative self-talk, but oh my God, did I not mm. even realize Gail until I started calling it out every single time. It was, yeah. and it was radical is what it was. It was mm. radical self-awareness and, and self-evaluation, um, mm. I guess. And it brought me to a place of genuinely being my own best friend mm. and knowing that I could treat myself in a way that was deserving of anyone else that I loved. And there's so much power in that. I can't tell you the amount of power in that because that, for me, definitely put me on the path of that self-connection. Mm. And genuinely being connected from a good place. 
it's um yeah <laughs> it's remarkable to hear you share that because i remember the moment that honesty was sort of shared and dropped in on me in a similar way was i was sitting opposite um yeah a psychologist and i'd just been diagnosed with depression and she turned around to me and said you're going to be okay you just need to adopt honesty and it was almost like it wasn't even almost like she had pulled at the thread of like mm. this rug that was just waiting to be like untethered, you know, like it was just like, and I was just like, I was already coming apart at the scenes, but I had no idea what, what it was. And it was literally this dishonesty. And it was so confronting to realize that I was dishonest with others and exactly like your friend alluded, but that wasn't even, and there was so much apologizing even till today that is still there to be done for to those that you know mm. i blatantly was dishonest with yeah but it pales like it pales in comparison to the level of self-deceit that was present in that process yeah that going to mm. work on that has been a lifetime's work right and just got starting to go okay like why you know and there's there's a whole bunch of you know we can go into why but there's so much in there in terms of just going okay like learning to be honest with yourself and it's not like you described it's not an overnight thing like it's not just like oh yeah like a switch like now i'm honest it takes work like it takes real work and practice because yeah. like anything you've been doing if you've been doing one thing or anything a certain way for our entire lives up mm. until this point how can we expect that it will be completely undone in the matter of, of weeks or months or years even, mm. right? But awareness is the first first part because then we just have to replace, like it's like with the with talking to myself, every time I heard a negative thought, I replaced it with a positive. Mm. So there are triggers and there are ways that we can see, oops, I did that, I have to do this instead. And so we just we put those things in place so that we can we can move towards where we want to go but it's it's practice mm. and it's it's being willing to to strip all of that stuff back because the reason that we're dishonest with ourselves is safety right we want to mm. be safe we want to stay in this safe little happy place mm -hmm. and so the brain will do whatever it takes to keep us there yeah to build the reference points around yeah it, it it likes boxes <laughs> it sort of like blitz itself into that safe space because this was going to be the question that i asked was <clears throat> the this the self-deceit can be such a slippery piece to bring your awareness to when so much of why you do certain things were programmed in when you were a kid just looking for something that was pure and innocent you know and you were looking for potentially connection or love or attention and you know you realize that oh you know i would get it this way and it's it, you're not even consciously yeah. making that decision you're unconsciously making that decision but then yeah. that seed grows into this tree right which goes mm. i'm like this now and it's like yeah that's who i am yes. and it's like yeah but you're not <laughs> like no but i am and you know and like and it's consistently perpetuating this lie about who it is because that's how it found love 
early on, right? And then that has carried through and then unfolding all of that. Yeah, is where I'm hearing from you that that's where the radical honesty is is so critical at the heart of this work. I think one of the most powerful questions that I've have ever um, heard or mm. or asked or you know has come um, is you know who did you have to be as a child to receive love? Because when we answer that question, we see the behaviors that we still do today. And it's not to say that they're all wrong and they all need changing because many of them won't. Mm-hmm. But again, the question is which of those serve us and which of those don't serve us. That honesty is where the work is because we don't have to change everything. Mm-hmm. Some of that tree is perfect. Yeah. And, and all of that tree grew because that's how it had to, mm. right? So we can't just chop it down. Mm. <laughs> we just need to mold slightly different way you know and maybe trim the branches that are sticking into us yeah yeah and so building that ability to connect to yourself through radical self-honesty and your true self does your communication with others naturally improve um or is that some yeah like you're very i find very intentional with your communication um you've cultivated that or has it been something that has just been a byproduct of um bettering your communication with yourself um i think i realized very early on the power of communication Mm. and what was it that dropped in that realization early on I think I realised, yeah, from a very young age that you could communicate things in different ways. Like you could Mm. communicate the same thing in different ways and get very different responses. (laughs) And so for me, it almost became a game of how do I phrase something in order to get the response that I want? Mm. (laughs) Mm. Um, And also, and, you know, I think I was a very blessed, you know, we've talked a lot about my family history, but I'm, you know, very, and I will say very fortunate to have a, a very, very difficult mother mm. <laughs> who um, would react very different given different scenarios. So um, I would say also a, a, almost a survival mechanism as a child of learning how do I say things in order to keep the peace or keep this person happy and quiet but still voice my opinion or Mm -hmm. still you know um have some kind of say in what's Mm -hmm. happening and what's going on so I think probably I I learned very young the power of of communicating and also I think understanding that if you communicated well Mm -hmm. and if you presented well you could walk into any room and do anything and it didn't matter where you came from or how much money your parents had or what side of town you were from because I grew up in London and in East London and it was very much, you know, you know, people would say to you, where are you from? And you'd say East London and then you'd be like, oh. 
mm. you know. Yeah. So you you could, but I could change all of that by presenting it a certain way and communicating in a certain way, mm. and um, and and having yeah, there's power in that. There's absolute mm. power in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And so <clears throat> blowing all of that into one glass bowl where we've got our potential, we've got all this care, we've got this radical self-honesty. It's starting to make sense for me, this importance of redefining success for ourselves because yes. so much of it is shaped by external factors, whether it's our childhood, you know, like I love that. And like that's such a potent question. Like who did I have to become in order to receive love as a child? Like, wow. <laughs> I'm sure if he creases creases one in there. Um, And so, yeah, you know, learn like having that and then the the deep empathy and then, you know, realising that there is a blank slate there somewhere underneath under all those folds with our infinite potential. From that place, how do we begin to define success for ourselves? Like how do we really recalibrate Steph to going, okay, like maybe what I've been charting hasn't been the best for me. Um, mm. And how do I even begin to go? What, like, what is, like, where do we begin in terms of redefining success mm. when there are such clear, clear models around us, but we know that they don't serve us? Where do we go? What do we do? I would, I would just say not clear models, defined mm. models. There are very defined models that are around that we can just go, okay, that's success. Okay, that's success. Mm. I think the way that we work out what success looks like for us is by really questioning what lights us up and what makes us feel happy and when we are, when we're alive, when we feel most alive. So if we can pick three points in time when you feel absolutely most alive, um, recognizing what they are, identifying them, and then questioning how we get more of that in our everyday life and what steps we need to take and what changes we need to take in order to increase those things in our life. So I'll give you an example. I remember, you know, when I came back into the corporate world, being at this company and I was fighting so hard for, you know, the team leader promotion. And I was putting my hand up for every opportunity and I was taking on all the extra responsibilities and I was never had a sick day, you know, and I was, you know, a single parent at the same time. And I was like, you know, I'm doing everything I can. And I kept getting looked over and I kept getting looked over. Mm. And then I I remember one day just looking across at, at one of the ladies there who was a team leader and she was miserable and so stressed and mm. so um, and so, not in alignment with herself in any way that she wasn't a, a nice person to be around because she was angry, right? Mm. And I remember having this realisation and going, is that what I'm fighting for? <laughs> is that what I'm working so hard for, that mm. position? That, mm. That's... To step into those shoes? Yeah. Am I... Mad? Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. And I remember thinking, that is not what I want at all, at all. Mm. I moved to another company, springboarded straight into a management position mm. and, and kept going from there, right? 
And then my intention the whole time was to be able to work as far up the corporate ladder as I could so that I could step back into a part-time or a job share role and spend more time at a much higher salary level with my son. That was mm. always my intention. I had a really strict five-year plan. What mm. I want is to earn enough money on a part-time basis to mm. be able to work that part-time basis. That's my aim. Mm. And, and that was really awesome. And I did that and that was great. Um, and then I got made redundant. And I was like, yay, this is amazing. Mm. <laughs> and then, you know, it was an interesting thing that happened. Um, the last three, the last kind of two, I would say even three jobs that I had, I knew very clearly right, that I needed to be working for myself. I knew that. Mm. I run my own for, but I wasn't ready to step out. You know, it's it's tough to step out of the corporate world. Like you oh. said, that pay packet, right? Mm. And, you know, single parent as well. I was like, I this is tough. I don't know that I'm going to be able to do it. So I kept going. Yeah. I kept and the responsibilities of being a parent are so real that, yeah. It's, and it's know, a different ball game. Taking right? a risk is not just, yeah, your, your risk isn't just, your risk profile for yourself it's yeah it's you gotta factor other people into it it's yeah yeah and you have to you Mm. have to take those responsibilities seriously right because it's Mm -hmm. it's absolutely on you Mm -hmm. so yeah anyway that all happened and I ended up um I was like right well if you've been made redundant like you know you how often do you get you know almost a year's salary dumped into your bank account and someone says, thank you very much. See you later. Mm. I said to my son, I remember having a great conversation with my son and he said, um, I said, I'm going to start my own business. This is what I'm doing. This is the plan. La la la. And he said, I'm sure you've thought of this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. He said, have you considered just putting that money in the bank and getting another job? Mm. (laughs) And I said, yes, of course I have. That's of course, that's a very logical thing to do. I said, but if I don't do this now in this scenario, when will I ever? How could I not do it now? Like that Mm. would just be ridiculous, right? So I can't remember where we started on the question. You were saying it was almost, and what I'm hearing is like destiny's always knocking. Like there was always, that was always emerging through you, but you never, like you kind of knew that that was what was meant to be happening. But But it had to be the right time. Yeah. Yeah be the right time and I had to get through the fears that were keeping me in place because we all have those fears Mm. and and I think and now you know I I mean I run the two businesses but I get to you know have this beautiful farm out um, a few Mm. hours away and I get to live you know in a tiny house on a farm that is stunning and Mm. you know if asked me 10 years ago if I was going to live on a farm in a tiny house and have goats and avocado trees and sheep I would have told you you were insane absolutely (laughs) but through the process of getting to redefining and redefining success yeah 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 that is that is success to me is working less as in not having to be in a specific place at a specific time you Mm. know and and being able to spend more time in outside in nature and being able to spend more time having amazing conversations. Those are the three things that light me up, Mm. right? Having freedom is such a massive value for me. Um, uh, It's one of my hugest, hugest, I can't live without, you know, the idea of of, uh, things holding me in place is just not something that I can 
I can mm-hmm. abide. I mm-hmm. and freedom. I absolutely need as much as I need communication and conversation. I need freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So I've I've realized that, and I've instilled more of that in my life. I've realized that I I love love communication. I love interesting conversations. So I've cultivated this business of unfold, which allows me to just have amazing conversations with mm. people all day, every day, which light me up and have a significant impact on their lives as well. What could be better for me personally, in my life and who I am and what I define as success, there is nothing better than that. Mm. Nothing but it's not the same. it won't be the same for you. It won't be the same for someone else. And that's why we have to do the work and finding out what it is that really mm. lights us up. Yeah. I think you and I touch what are really blessed because conscious conversations, freedom-oriented conversations, but it's light both of us up. And it's, yeah, it's, um, it is really special when you do find someone um, that mirrors back the same passion because you can really really grow something in there as well it's it's uh, it's always a jewel when you meet someone that's like yeah i get it and it's like yeah i get it and it's like oh my god it's such a yeah. it's such a blessing it's such a treasure it is such let's do this forever and ever i'm gonna start closing the podcast because we literally could do this forever and ever and ever and you ever should and, ever. <laughs> and actually to be honest i do look forward to doing this forever and ever and ever it's um Yes, yeah, Steph, it truly is, um, you know, there's there's no real short way to put this, but I'm going to try and be concise about it, which is it's an absolute honour, yeah, like walking this life with your wisdom, your presence, your grace by my side. Like having a sister like you on this path is, yeah, there's, there's no real succinct way to put it. Like my heart can really just, it just wants to be like, I love you. It's <laughs> you know? really what's in there. Yeah. And it's it's more than it's more than just the fact that you're an awesome human it has a lot to do with the fact that you know you do care um it's got a lot to do with your ability to listen it's also got a lot to do with you walking your walk in life and um just being able to witness and see you know like yes like I'm all the parts crazy and watching someone else follow their crazy completely into the unknown which is you know the lights of freedom are just shining so brightly in that space, knowing that, yep, like, you know, we hear a call and that it is possible to claim success for yourself and redefine it and make it what it is for you. And yes, it takes some work to look deep inside and start to like, you know, go, okay, which way does the pencil want to move from deep within me in order to write this script? You know, it's it's daunting because you're watching it write stuff and you're like, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> and just, yeah, like having you walk that with such grace and such efficacy, such prowess, is it's a real blessing to receive. So I want to thank you for sharing yourself so openly and abundantly here today, but also thank you for the lifetime's worth of work that you've put into this conversation, but then also your walk in life system. I thank you so much for you. Hmm. You're so welcome. And I, I echo so many of those sentiments because, yeah, such a soul brother and, gosh, my heart expands too and I just genuinely have so much love for you and for what everything that you're doing and I, and I love this beautiful space and community that you've created and I just want to be like your number one fan of everything that's happening in your world. So, so much love. <laughs> Spoken like the true unfolding co- uh, supporting coach that you are. <laughs> <It's not> like- <laughs>
<laughs> guys please i'll uh, put a link to unfold consulting in the um in the show notes please if you anything that sort of struck a chord there do go check it out um steph is a wealth of wisdom i know you can drop in book a call see what she's up to and see if she can support you on your path further i cannot recommend dropping in for a call highly enough you know yeah like i've said in this episode already um some of those questions some of the conversations that i've had with steph have truly um yeah altered the course in my trajectory on my journey and yeah like life is so much better for it so please do check it out they're in the show notes and as always on behalf of myself and the inspired evolution tribe steph we are wishing you the best always all love Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 